Hello, I'm Faisal Pervez, a South Asia analyst at Stratfor, and this podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, the world's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Individual, team, and enterprise memberships are available at worldview.stratfor.com slash subscribe. The situation in Iraq is absolutely part of the context of rising tensions between the U.S. and Iran. Iraq always has to balance carefully its relationship with the United States and its relationship with Iran. These are two countries that are very important to the government of Iraq. I'm Roger Baker, Senior Vice President of Strategic Analysis here at Stratfor. And I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle East and North Africa analyst here at Stratfor. And we're going to talk a little bit today about what we're seeing going on um, in Iraq and Iran and in the relationship between the United States and Iran. And Emily, this morning at our at our morning meeting, we were talking a lot about the things that we know, the things that we don't know, um, and really trying to understand, say, over the next month, next couple of months, how do we see this playing out? There's a lot of questions that are rising around the the basic issue, is the United States about to bomb Iran? Um, certainly, that seems to be the overarching theme. But in the last few days, there seems to have been uh, several events that occurred. What are the things that we actually know about those events? So, Roger, as you mentioned, there have been several events that have happened over the last week, um, some of which seem like they might be connected, um, but we don't know for sure if they are connected. But happening in this current context of an intensification of the existing tension between the U.S. and Iran, we have a lot of reasons to try and test and see um, are these events connected or not? Um, last week, uh, we had uh, an announcement by Iran that they would be backing away from some of their commitments under the JCPOA nuclear deal. That was widely expected as a follow-on response to what the United States did a year ago, which was withdrawing from that deal. Um, and we really have seen just in the last uh, month or so an intensification of that United States sanctions pressure on Iran. They sanctioned the IRGC. Uh, They also have said that they would issue no sanctions waivers to Iran's crude oil customers. These are just more parts of the piling on of sanctions that are really squeezing Iran's economy in a big way. So we expected a response from Iran, um, the, the response that they had last week when they said that they would back away from some of their commitments under the JCPOA. Then we have a couple things that have happened from the U.S. side. We had a somewhat strange and sudden visit by the United States Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to Baghdad last Tuesday. What we know about that discussion was that the United States had picked up some threats to U.S. forces and assets um, in Iraq specifically, and uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo wanted to discuss that with the Iraqi president and, and prime minister. We also had the movement of a U.S. carrier strike group into the Persian Gulf to respond to still somewhat unspecified Iranian threats. So in the last couple of days, we had uh, what appears to be the use of uh, limpet mines or some type of magnetic mines against four ships uh, that were floating off the coast of Saudi Arabia. We have a uh, what looks like a long-range drone strike against uh, the oil pipeline or gas pipeline infrastructure in Saudi Arabia. And the immediate assumption then is that these must be somehow connected to Iranian action uh, trying to push back against this United States pressure. Right. So we have the four oil tankers that, um, as of Sunday, there were signs of, of damage, and they're actually off the coast of the United Arab Emirates, in this really strategic spot, Fujairah, where the United Arab Emirates can export oil and ship goods. 
in a way that does not have to go through the Strait of Hormuz. So this is a very critical point um, along the coastline of the Arabian Peninsula that really matters not just to the United Arab Emirates, but to all of the, the countries in the Arabian Peninsula. Iran uh, very quickly backed away from any sort of involvement um, with these incidents. And the Gulf Arab powers, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, did not blame Iran. There's still a lot of uncertainty over exactly what happened with those oil tankers. But based on the tensions that are really rising between the U.S. and Iran and the U.S. Maritime Administration issuing an alert last week saying that they believe that there's an uptick in the threat against uh, shipping assets and naval assets in this area, it's been sort of logical that people are, are wondering if Iran had something to do with this. And then you have the drone strike on a Saudi Arabian pipeline very far away from the Yemeni border. The Houthi rebels in Yemen did claim that attack. The Houthis are connected to Iran, but they are not directed expressly by Iran. But it's difficult not to draw a connection between a Houthi drone and Iranian training and support that we know is behind it. So it's hard not to question, is this sort of the first opening moment of Iran pressuring the Gulf Arab powers and ultimately the United States following the uptick in the sanctions pressure? Is this Iran answering back and saying, we can hurt you economically and we are willing to act against you if you continue to pressure us? And amidst all of this, of course, then we have the announcement that the U.S. is uh, drawing down non-essential personnel from the embassy in uh, Baghdad. Uh, We see some at least temporary delays in training operations by the Germans um, and I think the Dutch uh, in Iraq as well. And so that leaves us, you know, from a from a, a superficial assessment, there's a logic that would say, okay, the United States has been pushing, putting pressure on Iran. Iran is starting to push back, and we're seeing all of this as a singular dynamic. But there are other explanations. What are the gaps right now that we're trying to 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 hunt down to be able to better understand what's going on here, so that we're not on the one hand overhyping that we're on imminent war footing and we're about to go to war with Iran, and on the other hand, not downplaying the potential of a significant increase in uh, either low-level or even high-level military or disruptive activities? First and foremost, we do not know, and nobody with publicly available information knows yet exactly what happened with the oil tankers off of the Emirati coast. We also don't exactly know if Iran directed the pipeline attack on Saudi Arabian territory. We have to keep those data points in our minds as we're thinking about this context of rising pressure between the U.S. and Iran, absolutely. But we would have to see some other movements in the energy space around the Arabian Peninsula and within the Arabian Peninsula for us to be able to more concretely say, okay, it looks like Iran is really trying to challenge the Arab Gulf states' ability to export oil and gas safely. We'd have to see perhaps more incidents in the Bab el-Mendeb off the coast of Yemen, um, more incidents, uh, something in the Strait of Hormuz, something perhaps in Basra, Iraq, and maybe uh, some of the offshore infrastructure along the coast of um, places like Qatar and the United Arab Emirates. So so those would be some of the things we'd be watching for to test if, if these incidents were part of an opening salvo. Another thing that we just don't quite know with publicly available information is what exactly is the nature of the threat in Iraq against U.S. forces? And now the situation in Iraq is absolutely part of the context of rising tensions between the U.S. and Iran. Iraq always has to balance carefully its relationship with the United States and its relationship with Iran. These are two countries that are very important to the government of Iraq. 
Um, and as the United States is really intent on changing Iranian behavior in the Middle East, they're also trying to pressure Iraq to weaken its own relationship with Iran. And Iraq at this stage is, is not really willing to do that. So whatever is the nature of that threat against U.S. forces in Iraq, it can be part of something that the U.S. will respond to in a way that goes well beyond the Iraqi theater. But right now, uh, we have to look at it within that specific Iraqi context to try and understand what's happening within Iraq before we can say that this is going to spiral out to a region-wide conflict. But we have to understand that the United States has very clearly said they consider any action by a proxy force or a militia force aligned with Iran as the same, it's the same as an attack from Iran. So that's how the U.S. is looking at it, which is what makes what's happening in Iraq very, very important to monitor closely. So let's jump into the future. We've got a lot of moving pieces. We've got a lot of gaps uh, in what we're, what we, the information that we actually have uh, at the moment. There's some things that seem to be negative components. For example, we haven't necessarily seen a significant shift in the deployment of Iranian forces, uh, which we would anticipate if they anticipated physical action from the United States. Um, so there's there's all sorts of different things that are there. There's things that we're just not seeing yet, maybe because they're being kept very quiet or maybe because they're not happening yet. How do we see, say, over the next month or so, how do we see this playing out? And what are some of the things that we're going to be monitoring very closely to be able to anticipate the change in, in that region? We know that Iran's government is intent on responding whenever the United States applies new sanctions or whenever the United States threatens new military pressure. We have seen already a sort of tit-for-tat response whenever the U.S. issues sanctions on Iran. Iran will issue some sort of response. And the United States is very likely to issue new sanctions potentially as, as, as soon as within the next two or three weeks. Whenever Iran issues any sort of response, it can become part of an escalating dynamic between Iran and the United States. That's part of what has led us to this point of greater tension between the two countries. So we have to watch sanctions. We have to watch anything that emerges from the Treasury, anything that emerges from OFAC in terms of Iranian entities being designated. We also have to watch the Europeans and the Russians and the Chinese. And I mentioned those powers in particular, because those are the remaining signatories of the JCPOA nuclear deal that is still in force, um, dying a death by a thousand cuts, but it's still in force. Iran specifically last week, in its announcement that, that it was withdrawing from some of its commitments to the deal, appealed to those remaining signatories and said, we need you to step up with some of what your economic promises, some of your uh, diplomatic promises and help us guarantee that this deal remains alive. We know that the Europeans are trying. We know that the Chinese and the Russians have interest in keeping this deal alive, but we don't expect them to be able to come up with anything concrete that Iran can hold on to to combat U.S. sanctions. So we expect to see more and more signs of that deal just falling apart. We expect to see little signs of Iran continuing to back away from the JCPOA but trying to carefully thread that needle of still remaining within the bounds of the deal so that it can, it can keep the trust of those other signatories. But it has to respond so that it can, it can sort of create some leverage to negotiate with the U.S. in the future and also so it can respond with some sort of resolve and say, we're not going to take it when you're just piling on the sanctions onto us. So those would be a, a few things to watch for. We also have to watch for details of anything that comes out about the tanker incident off of the coast of Fujaira and the pipeline incident and see if we can find more and more details that help us attribute culpability and, and what really happened there. A lot to be watching for. Um, 
At the moment, there does appear to be a build-up in tensions. There does seem to be some political dynamic on both sides to avoid a full-fledged conflict, but not necessarily some sub-components of conflict. And and it may be um, useful for us to remember that, you know, less than two years ago, we were having these exact same conversations around North Korea. Now, the North Korean dynamic is very different than the Middle Eastern dynamic, but we did see that very similar uh, extreme buildup in tensions, the perception that we were on the verge of physical conflict. That pulled back. Again, very different region. We don't want to just take uh, face value type comparisons. But as we go forward, this has a huge impact on, obviously, on energy. Uh, It has a huge impact on the overall U.S. Middle East policy. There's an impact on the way in which the United States and the Europeans interact with one another. There's a big question mark uh, down the road about the role of Russia and, quite frankly, of China and the impact uh, that China is going to play in this dynamic within the theater. So a lot of things that we're going to be keeping track of. And if I could add just one concluding thought, I think our assessment on the likelihood of conflict, because as you mentioned, that this is the big question that people are asking, you know, are we facing a, a massive military conflict with Iran in the near term? We think that the greater risk is for some sort of miscalculation spurred by this escalating tit-for-tat dynamic. That can spiral into a conflict, even if both sides, ultimately, Iran and the United States, strategically and economically, they don't want to be the cause of a great conflict with the other side. But when there are militia forces, sometimes acting of their own accord, that are linked to Iran, and the United States is responding to them as if they are Iran, that's just one example of of a spark that can spiral into something bigger. So that's the greater risk here with uh, seeing a conflict spiral out of this. Excellent point. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. You can find more of our analysis uh, on Iran and this unfolding dynamic at worldview.stratfor.com.